Hello darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome back! You are checking in to the Horror Motel, and my goodness, it might be sunny outside, but it's getting frosty and chilly here at the Horror Motel. That's right, the air conditioning is on full blast. There's a winter... <laughs> Breeze blowing through the entire building. Reception is full of icicles. But don't worry, because I have the sunshine in my life. The warmest hearted person I know. It's my co-host, the wonderful Alison June Smith. Hello, darling. You, every <laughs> single time, you are so good at this. Listen, if you are the queen of the cult, does that make me your consort? Am I the yes, consort? Yes, the yes, yes. No, no, no. You're better than that. You are the high priestess. You are definitely oh, the high priestess. <laughs> thank you so much. I thought I was going to be in consort, but now I'm a high priestess, everyone. Uh, hello, my love. Hello, it is so hello. good to be with you again. It really is, isn't it? My favorite time of the week is when I get to talk horror movies with the, one of the funniest women in the business and it's a joy every single time. Oh, I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more and it's funny because every time we come to the table to talk about a horror movie, I always do a little bit of research, I always like to have some points and I always think, oh my God, are we going to have enough to talk about? And um, that's never a problem never, with you never and I. We no, are never. very good at talking. Never, yes. <laughs> it's, I, what I say often and I discovered this with doing this and other podcasts is... is um, uh, it's it's cheaper than therapy podcasting because you can just <laughs> you can just say things out loud with you know I have a certain I'm a Scorpio so I don't say everything out loud but um but it, you know there's a certain level but it's just very ther- therapeutic I think and very com- to have that sort of conversation where you think you know you're saying it out to the ether and hopefully our gentle listeners are listening and enjoying our madness <laughs> but it's always a pleasure with you how have you been my darling anyway. I've been good. I've been good. So um, I mentioned this a bit on my other podcast. In fact, let's take two seconds. I want mm. you to plug your other podcast. Tell them about, tell our, all of our Ooh. listeners about your yeah, other sure. podcast. Well, let's do this real quick. Slightly inspired by the by your, your other podcast, because it's it's more of a lifestyle one, isn't it? Uh, chatty, you know, chatty talk about life. And so uh, yeah. when someone approached me about doing another one after I'd started Horror Motel, uh, James Colbrook and myself do a podcast called Bunny and the Beast. He's the Beast. I'm the Bunny, obviously. Uh, and it's just kind of talking about life, and it's been that's super fun. It's uh, it's different to this because uh, he's obviously based in the same city as me, so we can meet up and we're friends in real life. So uh, we, uh, but actually, weirdly, I've known you longer, Alison, than I know I've known James. Weirdly, but uh, yeah, so it's not it's nice to sit down and in a room and do it. So it's a very different vibe, uh, and it's super fun. But uh, yeah, and it what it's so strange. How, also, because we're talking about slightly naughtier things, because we talk about sexy things sometimes, uh, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and to have the producers yeah. in the room who you don't know very well. <laughs> just looking shocked at what they're learning. Yeah, some of the conversations yesterday. We had, to, we were telling, what were we doing yesterday? We were doing sexual uh, disasters, or sexual you know, things have gone wrong, and <gasps> reading out other people's, and some of those stories might have been ours. So um, we had to substitute several words. So we had to substitute the word chocolate for something, and we had to substitute... Um, what was it? Uh, uh, Lucasaid, I think, for, a, <laughs> for something. <else. laughs> 
<laughs> I already, my mind has already gone to know what both of those things are. <laughs> exactly. And, they uh, kind yeah. of weirdly made it funnier, but then I kept on just hearing these cackles from um, the behind the because I think the producer was like a teaching someone new as well and I was like oh I suddenly feel a bit sort of self-conscious about what we're talking about in front of complete strangers and the person's like, like, is this a cooking show I didn't know this was a cooking show it's absolutely not, <laughs> it's a, cooking not a cooking show, show. <laughs> but it was very inspired in my head uh, by, by uh, your show which has been going quite a long time now you're so sweet. Yes. Yeah, so the other podcast I do is WTB Women Talking Bollocks, uh, which we are <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Thank you. We love it. Women Talking Bollocks. We we have yet. Don't worry. We don't actually talk about bollocks, everyone. Um, it's, it's a subject that, you know, uh, but uh, we it's with Jen Brister and Maureen Younger. And yeah, it's kind of lifestyle. Like we got different sections. And did you know uh, I talk them a little before? bit about horror movies on that too. Oh, do I you? bring right. up a horror movie that I recommend. Yeah, which is what led me into this because I was like, I need to talk more about horror movies. So yes. I have an advice section on that one, and I talk and I just kind of recommend a horror movie that I want people ah. to see. Um, yeah, so I try to Ooh. introduce people who are not into horror movies into mm. like, and I, with the problem I get, so I give advice. Mm-hmm. And then I try to choose a horror movie that I think will help them mm. to their problem. Oh, that's a great idea. I think horror, yeah, I think horror movies teach us a lot, right? I've always thought yes. that they're moralistically based. They're like, what's the lesson? So mm. I always try to find a horror movie that will like, you know, fit into their... Like uh, someone wrote in about online dating the other week mm-hmm. and I recommended... I don't even know if you've seen this movie, Bad Match. No, it's I haven't. about online dating. Yeah, it's about online dating Ooh, bad and this match. guy who's okay. like a real playboy and uh, he meets, it's basically like fatal attraction meets dating apps is what mm-hmm. it is, everyone. And okay. uh, I loved it. I mm. loved it. Yeah. So, Have, do you so watch, that's what um, you do. Do you watch Inside Number Nine at all? It's like the... the of course uh, I so watch Inside Number Nine. Silly question, I know, but I just, just didn't get a bit of a check. It was only because one of the latest episodes in the last season that just finished, it was an online dating one, and it was quite different for them yes. to do it. And I thought that was so delicious. Well, they're always, they're all, I love all the episodes, obviously, that, that Reese and Steve do. But, They've really changed um, a lot, though. Look, I always mm. say from the first season... Uh, from now, they they get more they're they're more on the heartstring kind of tugging. Whereas I think mm. the first season was more creepy. Yeah, it was I think quite the first dark. season was the yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. sardines. The first episode, the sardine one, is one of my favorites. Really, and then the second oh. episode is the silent kind of movie homage, isn't it, with the burglars? Um, I love that one. Um, I love the uh, Grampus episode, the Christmas one where they're making a 1970s TV show type of vibe. Um, that's which turns out to be something that's not just a normal TV show. So it was, um, oh, there's so many great episodes there. But yes, they did do online dating this year, yeah. which made me go. Like, and I've forgotten because one of my favorite episodes of the X Files is um, the dating. Uh, that's not not Tombs. It's the other one where it's like an online. Uh, fat sucking vampire so he's going after ladies that are perhaps oh, yeah. you know, a bit curvier and that was really freaked me out especially in the early 90s absolutely ter- I find some of those episodes far more terrifying than the alien stuff I think in X-Files I find that really creepy some God, of those isn't things that interesting hmm do you know what? Maybe I should go back and start looking at mm. old X Files. Yeah, especially now they've now they've because... they've remastered them and redone. It's like Sex and the City and Friends when they they put it into sixteen point nine. They put it into widescreen from the original negatives, and they, mm. they, it looks so good. The um, it's much easier to watch perhaps than 
perhaps the old sort of four by three crustiness. Weirdly, this will come into play in a second when I'm talking about the film this week. But because uh, sometimes it helps when it's kind of murky and dark. Yeah. Weirdly, I think with X-Files yeah. it looks better when it's remastered, I think. Um, some Agreed. things look more atmospheric when it's still the old sort of film prints. But um the, but yeah, the X, yeah, no, do I think it is? I can't remember what platform it's on. X Files, maybe it's, maybe it might be still Netflix. I don't know. Um, I'll find them. But I'll definitely find them. worthwhile. Yes, for sure. So yes, uh, yes, have a listen to our other podcasts as well. You can find uh, all things at um, for me, the real Bunny Galore on Instagram and Bunny Galore on Twitter, and Alison's handles are. Allison J. Smith on Insta. And I think my Twitter is just Allison J. There's a variety. It's Allison yes. J. So I'm about my Allison is spelled A L L Y S O N, everyone. It is a different spelling. Yes. yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, a, just to remind you that. Yes. Who is it? Yeah. yeah. Two L's and a Y. I think it's Irish and I think it means the honest one. Oh. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's what it means. Yeah, nice? that's really nice? yeah, okay. Did not did not know. And that. I love that's that we plugged. I'll tell you the truth. Let me tell you something, everyone. Uh, <laughs> we've plugged both our other podcasts, but I always like to. I forgot the last episode, but we got to take a minute. If you are enjoying the content that we are bringing to you on this podcast, uh, look, we love your support. We love you being here. If you really like it, why not become a Patreon, everyone? And you can actually get these episodes then, and you can see us. You can see us doing this. You get the video, I believe, for it. And our Patreon is... Yes, if you look up uh, Horror Motel on Patreon, you will find us there. So it's under Horror Motel, and you will find us in Patreon and living colour. <laughs> yeah, right. we 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 appreciate the support, so we can yes, keep indeed. this going, right? And the more We're that we do, I think we... yes, we can do. We will we'll add more things to the Patreon as we go along. Uh, so if you enjoy that sort of thing, it would be lovely to see you there. Funsies, I know some people love to um, have us on uh, different sort of platforms. Sometimes you want to watch it on TV. Sometimes you want to watch on your, you know. Yeah. I think sometimes it's nice to watch. I I watch some podcasts, uh, some I listen to, depending on where I am. But it's always it's always quite nice to have that option of seeing us in the flesh, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> just who we are. And if you are a patron too, let us know any movies that you maybe would like mm. us to do a little look-see at. I'm, I'm always open to that. If you think you've got some suggestions, maybe there is one that we haven't found. Uh, because, you know, every every week we both discover there are things we have not seen yet that we yes. thought we did, but we were like, oh God, haven't seen this one. Uh, which leads us into this week's because I got to tell you, <laughs> it has been a long time since I've seen this mm. and I realized I really didn't remember all that much. So, mm. so the film, it is your movie. <laughs> I'm bringing to the horror motel this week is John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, chilly, chilly, brr, brr, Alison, can you feel the chin in the air? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so, so grateful good. as it was 32 <laughs> degrees in Manchester I was like I really like watching this movie it makes me feel better yeah yeah nice and cold <laughs> very cold and in Manchester as well my goodness it's like I very rarely apart from when I've been there for prides it's not been raining in Manchester whenever I'm there and I do love Manchester very much uh, my friends have been trying to make me move there for quite a while actually but um uh, but I uh, never think of it as being particularly dry a lot of the time. <laughs> no. So, 
um, in any more than it my friends been. in yeah, my friends in Glasgow or Edinburgh. <laughs> they like, like really, you know, they. I, it, but apparently, in the last few weeks, it has been definitely toasty, toasty. So the same. I mean, it's it's weird with the thing. It's very similar to the movie we did a few weeks ago, The Fog. That I always associate the yeah. thing. The Fog, obviously John Carpenter as well, uh, and films like Alien, uh, not so much Aliens, but Alien, uh, with late night screenings on ITV back in the early 80s. The Thing is from 1982, so I think it must have started doing those rounds probably in the mid-80s. And so I very much associate with like late at night TV um, without a horror host. I wish I was horror hosting The Thing. Um but kind of dark and gloomy, and there's something just really chilling about it. It, I never realised until going into the research for this, though, that it was actually a, a bit of a box office flop when it came out and really got yeah. mauled by the critics. Really shocked by that. Yeah. I had no, a bit like The Fog, I had no idea, because even more than The Fog, this has not only gone on to be reassessed, this has gone on to be possibly one of everybody's favourite horror movies and the template for how you do horror uh, of this type of movie when you're kind of trapped somewhere and there's, you know, it's kind of, uh, there's somebody out of the people that you're trapped with is the murderer. So um, in this case, it's a shape-changing alien murderer. Um and I think there's always something about those opening scenes with the... Uh, so it's set in, and it is, I think, Antarctica, uh, at, at a Antarctica, station. Yeah. yeah, in a station where they're sort of all based. Um, it's a remake of the 1951 thing, um, uh, The Thing. Um, what's the full title of that one? That's the... Because uh, there's, sh- there's a short novel it's based on, which I think has a different title. And this one... Yes. Uh, thing from Another World is the original title. Yes, so in the th- yeah. Yeah. Is based on the novelette. In the thing that from Another World from fifty one, it's more they've made the monster more of a Frankenstein creature that attacks yes. people. Yeah. But and I always presume this was a sequel to that, but actually I think it's kind of still more of a remake. Uh, but they put it for the preface that the the creature has been sc- discovered by a different base, a Norwegian base, a, a bit far away. So uh, they're. But the opening scene, you see this dog being chased by a helicopter and the helicopter's trying to shoot at it and they land and the dog runs up to our heroes in this film and they accidentally blow themselves up because they're trying to throw grenades at the at the dog. Uh, so you go, why why are they trying to heal, kill this dog? It's so weird. Kill a dog. It's, yeah. why, and isn't it strange, particularly, I think because it's a dog, you're very, albeit quite a, a wolf pack dog, <laughs> husky, um, it's still a bit strange. And you, you kind of go, okay, and they've got this wonderful, the music is incredible. Again, like the fog, it's got that dum-dum dum-dum type of sound which is uh, yeah. I think on par with things like Halloween where you just very recognisable music and you only it, the, the <laughs> I suppose it would be very interesting to think what audience were thinking in 1982 when they saw this because you don't expect it to gear change up quite as quickly as it does uh, throughout the film because it's yeah. kind of at a certain level for quite a while and then it kind of goes nuts um, and apparently at the time because E.T. <laughs> E.T. had just come out. So you've got a very family-friendly yeah. alien movie there. And I think everybody was basking in that glory. And I think, again, it's timing that when we were talking about uh, the crazies last week, when that's quite close to the release of 28 Days Later and, the, and then the Day of the Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead re- remakes, mm-hmm. it was probably a bad timing. This, I think, is... I'd never realised till now. 
a great example of bad timing of release of a film because it came out yeah. at, the, at the wrong time, I think. But thankfully, 100%. Be, because yeah. of VHS and things like that, it rented. So when you first see the dog go into the kennel with the other dogs, it's kind of locked away and it just kind of sits sort of just sits down very still and the dogs start going mm, what's a bit wrong starts barking at it and then suddenly it yeah. starts vibrating and changing and the the the, the, the skin <laughs> splits into four and the skull comes out you and it starts like turning into this alien thing that you go what is happening uh the gl- yeah. glorious thing the thing is always famous for is you know the cottage under siege type of uh, a battle of being trapped in the, in a in a remote space uh uh, but also the practical effects, which are so brilliantly done. Um, and I think still stand today. I have to say, watching it in a very remastered Blu-ray is the first time where I felt like they had slightly aged. So I, that's why I kind of prefer talking about things on 4 by 3 and kind of a, a dirtier film print. I think that kind of, because I grew up with that where it was, where well, I'd watch it VHS and it just looked... Um, almost documentary kind of scary this i think like in the really really clean pristine prints now possibly don't help it as much but uh i don't yeah. care it's still it's still glory that's the only gripe i have now this perhaps it's it shows a bit too much um it's so terrifying and i can still remember renting it off uh from the video store because it had the um there's a really famous scene when it's affected the first human and uh, uh, there's a very famous scene where the doctor's trying to resuscitate the human with electric shock paddles and because you just don't see it coming and on the third clear push the chest cavity suddenly springs open like jaws and bites off the arms of the doctor and uh and a whole, all hell breaks and this creature shoots up through the stomach and that is the 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 cover of the VHS because it was that this thing kind of with a human face kind of like monster on the ceiling with <laughs> I can still see it now so the first time I ever saw it was probably in the early 80s on VHS and on late night ITV as well do you remember when you first saw it Alison? I mean, look, I think I've seen bits and pieces. I think I might have rented it years ago, but I have to mm. confess, I don't think I really remember watching the whole movie the whole start thing, yeah. to sure. fin. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this would be my first, like, sit down, take it mm. in. I always knew of the thing. I had seen bits of it. I, you know, but I had never. So this was my first time really, mm. like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated in, I'm to see what you think. Because the biggest thing, I've only just realized, because yeah. we were doing this together, is it's an all male cast. I literally yeah. that never crossed my mind before because I suppose it's of its time and they're in a base in, in Antarctica they're not you know you know it would have been a bit yeah. it wouldn't, you wouldn't have a sort of a female sort of cast at that point but it never occurred to me until now so I'd be fascinated to see what you think of it yeah I mean uh look I always look at movies of a certain time and I go mm. okay yeah all male cast typical of that time uh which is fine, but I love that it dawned on you now. Yes. And I think it dawns on all of us a lot more when we see a cast that is mm. all male because we're like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Why is that? Oh, yeah, look at that. All right, it stands out. Yeah, yeah. And yes, they were in a, you know, but but if we were to make that movie now, could we probably have some female parts in it? Yes. Would we have found? Sure. Maybe there's another base. Maybe there's a woman mm. who does the, I don't know, but I'm sure they would have found another role. So I did like it. Um 
Sometimes with an all-male cast. I mean, but we know what type of movie this is. This is about the alien. This wasn't about mm. emotional I, development I, I, and yes, relationships do, between the men. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wondering, yeah, that's the only yeah. thing, especially if you had it back then, if you had a female cast members in there, it would suddenly become... Because apart from Ripley and Alien, you would... I don't think the female role would be very um, well developed. Significant. It, it, it would have been heroin in you know a, a peril, or it would have to be romantic. And I think a romantic yeah. element to this wouldn't suit it as much. But it has made me realise how much of a boys' movie it is. Watching it through the eyes of through the horror motel. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, it's interesting. You brought up a couple of things. Yes, absolutely. We research is, or the the history has shown that it was ET that mm. definitely significantly affected this movie because ET was a happy ending. Mm. Well, happy ending. I mean, I cried. Yeah, he goes back up to space. <laughs> happy for him, but oh my God, we're devastated. Why did he leave us? Anyway, uh, so ET with a with a friendly alien, happier ending, family friendly and the thing was just a bit too far for the audiences then Mm. to reach and go okay now we've got a scary alien thing that will take over our bodies and the ending to this movie threw a lot of people because it wasn't your traditional you know Hollywood ending so I think it did affect things I think a lot of people walked away going well what was it what is this whereas nowadays we're open for any type of Mm. ending in fact we don't even have to have an ending on movies anymore Mm. you know we're much more so had it been released in this day and age I mean I would be curious to know I don't it would be interesting if if Mm. we didn't have previous things going into it 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 would have been very interesting Um, the thing from another world now they say that it is remake I was reading a lot about this like you mentioned it kind of isn't they kind of took their own mm. you know creative so they used it as a base but they they kind of went off because he didn't want to compete so Carpenter didn't want to compete with the old film because uh, he so loved it right so mm. um, he went back to the novella of the story yes, much more uh, the which book, both films were based on yeah yeah and 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 featured a, a creature that can perfectly imitate its victims they really focused more on that now the effects I, I agree look when I was looking at the effects they do look a little like they're made out of plastic you know mm. what I mean like the, uh, plastic, the beginning like the you finally, can tell it's yeah I think you can finally tell that the beginning but, to age now but yeah, yes but I don't, my but I don't suspension care. of disbelief <laughs> yeah. I don't care because yeah. to me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get critical on does the alien look like a real alien? Well, I don't know what an alien looks like. So maybe they do look like, you know mm. what I mean? So part of me was like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm going to look past it and I'm going to move on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And because you have the, so in 2011, they made a prequel of the thing. Yeah. And that was uh, what happens at the Norwegian base, basically. And it ends with the dog you know, yeah. escaping, as far as my memory goes. Right? I, in yeah. fact, I almost watched it in order this time. I thought, no, no, I must concentrate on just this. I mustn't get distracted by the other one. But I really enjoyed that prequel. I quite, I really did enjoy it. Odd odd time to I make it pre- in 2000. But it's, but it's all, as I was, <laughs> the reason I was saying about it, it was... Um, it's all CGI. And I think originally they were going to go for practical effects or maybe they even shot the practical and then the studio overruled them and they had to use the CGI. And I think that, unfortunately, has aged as well. Because I've already seen a clip of it in one of the documentaries and I went, oh, that's already not aged very well compared to um, the thing from 1982, which is crazy. 
Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I do enjoy and the I prequel. Because I it's think, good fun. yeah, mm. prequel is good. But I agree with you in that I'm I'm more of a traditionalist. So when I look mm. at effects like that, I I am more willing to forgive and go with the thing. Whereas CGI, I'm a little bit more judgy. I hate to say yes. it, but there's just something about handmade and and, mm. and the time and the art, artistry and the mm. effort that went into doing all of it. That that to me, I'm almost like I I just. That's a movie snob within me. I'm yeah, like, I think it is. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if it's because we, we, one, it's more visceral, I think. It feels more real and visceral. But I think also perhaps yeah. because cinema grew up having to do it practical for so long that maybe we're a little bit used to the sh- type of shots that you get where you had to do cutaways and the sh- close-ups to the effects and, like, you know, you see a hand grow or you could this, this. You're so yeah. used to that. So when you go to CGI where you can show everything in 360 in broad daylight... Uh, in one shot I maybe the brain it's not so much the I wonder if it's not so much the visual effect it's more the way it's shot is too is unbelievable because we're used to seeing cinema made in a certain way I wonder if it's that yeah um I mean yeah yeah so if you if you in other words if you kind of shot it traditionally but but with CGI I wonder if it would probably sell it more because we're just used to seeing cinema made like that uh, you know, close-ups yeah. and rather than being in a brightly lit, you know, overhead lighting kind of room. But if you see it in the kind of darkness and kind of you see flashes of bits and pieces, I think that makes it scarier as well. But it's probably because cinema is yeah. always made like that. So I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see if that would happen. But I don't mind CGI on top of practical effects or used with it, you know, have a main body but with tentacles used that with are CGI'd, yeah, you know, that sort of things. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, because I like to think they were using all of the talents because yes. that's my thing. I think so many artists uh, started to lose work when CGI came, came yes. out. But then a lot of people are like, yeah, but CGI people are artists as well. And, that, and mm. I was like, okay, you're mm. right. So I appreciate mm. it when all of our yes. talents are used to create a film. You mm. know what I mean? Because to yeah. me, like, I don't want to sidetrack too much, but The Exorcist to me is still an amazing film that mm. stands the test of times. And those were all handmade. Mm. Those were all practical. Hands- mm. So it blows my mind so for so for this and i do love i did love the creepiness factor though of mm. like you know you cut off a part of the thing yes. and then it just kind of sprouts into another thing or like it has the tentacles that shot like when the guy's head gets cut off and then just the tentacle out of the mouth and then mm. the head gets pulled along and then all of a sudden it develops legs out of the head and i was no. like oh my god I did love that, you know? I mean, I could look at it, and I'm sure people could go, it looks a little cheesy. I'd be like, yeah, 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 but suspend your disbelief and just, like... Just enjoy the Watch it for what it is. Yes, exactly. I loved it. The head with a tentacle, I think, is the the spider spider head thing, is, I think, possibly... Spider head. Yeah, spider head. Spider head, spider head. Uh, It's possibly uh, one of the most iconic scenes, which comes from the defibrillator machine and the chest cavity thing, and then that, that gets... It's torched, but the head kind of rips itself off to free itself and scuttles off into the corner of spider legs. And there's a delicious scene in, where you're seeing a POV over the, going over the shoulder of um, uh, Kirk Russell, um, who's the leading man in this. And you just see the spider t- t- tick, 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 walking tick, away. Walking away. Yeah. And, and you're like, they, holy shit, is it going to get away? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they all slowly turn and go, what on earth is that? And blast it. Um, 
And I've forgotten about the blood okay. from the, the, the creature that's been burnt up they bring back from the Norwegian club. Which is, I remember saying, you know, something about, again, growing up in the early 80s, these, I used to have these horror hardback books and um, sometimes photographs from those movies uh, are more terrifying uh, and don't, the movies never live up to it. So I had a photograph of the burnt face where it's kind of a two kind of conjoined head, but it's kind of uh, pulled apart head. Um, yes. And then the one with the creature coming out of the chest that up attached to the ceiling, which was the VHS cover. And I remember thinking, oh God, that looks absolutely terrifying. A lot of the other film photographs in there, perhaps they don't live up to how creepy they are in the photographs. I think the thing always lives up to the still images. I think it always still looks like yeah. it looks weird and scary and just, uh, yeah. There's so many bits I'd forgotten, though, with this film. The only thing I wish I could remember, though, is I can never remember the characters' names. So they're always referring to each other by by calling these names out. I'm going, oh, which one is that now? Um uh, to, but I think which is weird I think it's because mainly they're masked up a lot and they're kind of a lot of the time they're kind of outside and you know they're sort of you know wearing surviving uh, in the cold survive, yeah, yeah. Survi- yeah survivalist clothing so it's like oh, which one are you again um, that's the only thing I get a bit confused about uh, there's a few plot things I didn't see this time coming uh, I can, or I'd forgotten about I think towards the end I've forgotten what happens towards the end um, with the reveal of mm-hmm. One one person's been an alien for quite a long time, uh, and I'd forgotten about that section at the end. Um, so yes, it's really. I'm. A, it's amazing how people f- feel about this movie. It's one of those. If you've not seen it, it's certainly worth. Still, I would go back. I would one hundred percent. Yeah. Still watch yep. it. Yeah. Um. Uh. The themes of what what one. one thing i read about which i thought was an interesting thing which made it a little bit um unpopular was the aids crisis which i was quite surprised about because with the um hmm. i was watching one review where it mentions that and i went oh that's really weird um because it's the blood thing it's the infected blood pa- uh, parallels because ah. uh, there's a wonderful scene where the reveal um one again another one of the characters is, is an alien uh and he's testing it by putting a, a copper wire in front of the blowtorch and put, dipping it takes blood samples from everybody and dips the uh metal into the and it makes a lovely sound uh and then he's chatting away then suddenly he does one of the characters and it reacts and leaps away you know like, the blood's alive and yeah. uh, uh and then the, it's he starts changing uh, which is again a glorious, terrifying scene because half the characters are still tied up to the sofa with the creature. So it's like ah, it's changing. Um, uh, a glorious panic. Then it's uh, so yeah. I never got that metaphor before because I always think that perhaps the, the AIDS crisis is probably eighty four, eighty five when it comes. Uh, I was going to say, but is it the thing also? Although it's not a total remake, the idea of all of this came way before. Well, I think it's more the uh, the Russia, the Red Panic, isn't it, of the fifties? Um, I think I yeah. think it has parallels yeah. of that, um, and yeah. the fact it's an American base, obviously, and it's the you know the the, the red in the bed type of uh, panic that you had, yeah. which I never quite. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I suppose because we're so far away from it now, um, and to us, not in America, I can never. It's literally full on like witch hunting, isn't it? It was full on mm-hmm. um what's the arthur miller play um 
uh, set during the witch trials. Oh. Um, that's a parallel. Crucible? Crucible. That's no. it, the Crucible. Yeah, the Crucible. Which yeah. is, is, is a very thinly veiled metaphor for that era. Um, Proctor! Proctor! <laughs> I did that play did in high school. Yeah, I did. The Crucible. Did yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. The whole idea of, like, crying wolf, these girls, I'm possessed, and it was, mm. it's him, he's the bat, you know, basically just, like, pointing mm. fingers at it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's just interesting, too, because I wouldn't have never even made that. No, I wouldn't have done, because I think, I, I think because it's 80, I at guess in, in 82 in America, it might be a bit different than over here, perhaps. I don't think it really hit here. The idea of contaminated blood, yeah, I guess, is just blood, what was yeah. on everyone's. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps yeah. That because I actually help. loved that scene. I thought mm. that scene was brilliant when Kurt Russell was like, "I'll t- what I'll do is you'll be connected, so I'll test mm. the blood." So he takes it, and I was like, "Kurt Russell, you're so smart." Yeah. Uh, first off, can we just take a minute to appreciate how dreamy Kurt Russell I looks know. in this? Those I blue think he does. eyes, his blue eyes, <gasps> the hair. The I hair forgot. Looks I forgot. Yes. Oh, his hair is. I mean, I'm a hair girl, so yeah, yeah. the first time I saw him, I was like, skin, eyes, hair. Hello, oh, Kurt Russell. Totally yeah. So that dreamy. was a nice little treat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, to get total. a little taste of the. The early oh, day Kurt Russell. You've yeah. aged beautifully. Don't get me wrong. You're like a yes. fine wine, but it is nice to see the the original. Te- it really what is. is. Tenions? No, what, what is the word I'm looking for in wine? Ten- when it's oh, red wine. Um, anyway. Oh, gosh. No, I don't know. Uh, tannins? No, that's wrong. That's what's in the wine. Tannins. I think that the is tannins. it. Tannins? Right. That's in the... Yes. The, anyway, the wine so listeners, the... I'm sorry I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very really good sorry, wine, wine person, listener. actually. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm, I love it, but it's kind of... I need to drink white wine, I have to say. Do you like a red or a white, mm-hmm. Alison? What's your favourite? A sparkling, thank you very oh. much. A oh. sparkling white. Probably more Prosecco is what I'm going right into. That is oh, my favourite. Really? But if I had to choose red or white, I go, I go white. I go right, white. Yeah, I'm a lighter wine girl. Funny enough, Red's I'm just not, knock me out. I'm not so into Prosecco. And I've got some friends. We were drinking it the other night after seeing a friend in a play. And I was like, oh, this bubbly. It always makes me feel a bit weird. Because um, uh, it's a bit too fizzy for me, I think. But that's probably because gotcha. they, were, yeah. they were knocking it back like <laughs> like anything. So I was in fact one of them was James Colbrook the, from Bunny and the Beast. So he loves a bit of prosecco that one. So, but I can't knock that back like it's like it's water. I have to like sip it very slowly. I think. I mean, it gets but a, a regular too. wine, you can kick that back like nobody. Regular wine, yes. Vodka on the other wine. hand, yeah. Vodka, I can take intravenously, <laughs> um, and often, often do. Um, Often you, do. <laughs> so that's what my blood Very is mixed funny. with, is is vodka. Uh, so if you tested my blood with, with a blowtorch and a, and a cup of wine, it would just burst into flames, I think. <laughs> um, did you know, it's true, well, you know, uh, lovely Kurt Russell, the famous line out of this uh, movie is, you've got to be fucking kidding. Did you, that's one of the and that was yes, an improvised is. line from Mr. Kurt Russell and they oh. were like that. and it's one of the yeah 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 he just like said it in the moment and they were like that's so good that's we're keeping great. it in and it's one of the it's an iconic line so uh, I love that I love yes, that yes definitely yeah. it's not a lot of dialogue is there really there's, there's a few talky scenes but a lot of it is kind of um, especially towards the end, it gets less and less talky because there's less and less characters. But um, but also it, it it kind of adds to the hopelessness of it, I think, and the the starkness yeah. of it. I think it starts becoming more. And I I got that more. 
I picked up more on the the, the you're kind of stuck in a situation of uh, desperation this time that he, you know, there's not really a way out of this and if this creature gets out it will destroy the world so there's I love the shots of the buried spaceship that they discover uh, and where they've taken the creatures obviously crawled out of the spaceship and the, there's a block of ice that's that they found but they found the hole where the block of ice comes from so it's obviously crawled out the spaceship um, yeah just fascinating I just find it just I love it's such a roller coaster uh, with the with the creature I think it's the rest of it is so kind of if you didn't have the creature I'd be very fa- well I suppose it's like the original isn't it if you didn't have the creature effects um it would have been a very different film I think but that's what yeah. made it so famous particularly in the 80s it became such a famous movie because of of those mon- of the monster effects and I think that's what made it yeah. live on and to set the standard for it really but there's a lot more to the film I love the fact that it had a second life on VHS rental and then late night TV as well um, in America and over here and I think it's as beloved over here as it is in America uh, it's yep. certainly uh, I think it's probably it's interesting to see what your point of view is because I do think it's probably a boys film and I hadn't really realised why until now. I thought it's just because it's, you know, an action-y kind of horror, horror, and it's quite gross. Uh, but then I went, oh, it is all boys, isn't it? And it's kind of never thought about that. Um, it's a bit like the Goonies. Well, I'll and tell that. you. I'll tell you why it's a boys movie. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Lack of dialogue. Yes. Boys yes. movies are action, go, yes. go, go, things happening, reacting, doing things. Yes. Stereotypically, uh, there's more dialogue in movies mm. that sometimes women are drawn to because there's character development. There's mm. this and that. This was much more a... And because the whole movie is a little bit about who's going to be the alpha. There's a little bit of that. Who's the alpha leader? Yes. The men are all kind of That's true. The alpha. Yeah. More than yeah. I realized. Yeah. There's a whole... Stack, before the tied up thing with the testing of the blood, that's very much happening, isn't it? Because you kind of think Kurt Russell would always be the... But because the trouble is, if you... Um, uh, like any possession, unlike uh, simulation or alien simulation of another character, uh, if you kind of wander off by yourself, people get paranoid. And when you come back by yourself, yeah. going, where have you been? What, what happened? Were you, yeah. you know, you know, where were you? Why, why did you disappear? And it's yeah. yeah, fascinating in that way. So I think, yeah, you're right. Yes, I never thought. Quite surprised I like it as much as I do. <laughs> but it is a good movie. I say that, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm a gal, believe it or not, yeah. everyone. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it, 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 that's the, the main thing. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is a, a you know, but, but. I love alien stuff. I love the concept yes. of it. So I, and I, I, I just it, love the idea f- of like. Wouldn't yeah. it be fascinating? You just made me realize, Alison, that. Talking, you were saying about ET and things, but because of Alien being nineteen seventy nine, wouldn't it be interesting if? And I think this was in development before Alien. I think also in the mid seventies, it just didn't get made until eighty two. Um, if it had come out before ET and after Alien, I think it would have been a much. It would have been a bigger success originally because I think you would have been ready for it after Alien. You just weren't ready for it commercially in a big commercial way after E.T. Mm -hmm. because you know much I mean that's a you can't compare the two because E.T. is not a a horror movie it just happens to be about an alien 
storyline. Uh, aliens. But it's yeah. that's like comparing Stranger Things to the Teletubbies. It's like it's not you know, you, you you do not go to both of those wanting the same thing. You wouldn't go to E.T. and the thing thinking it's the same thing. It's just not. But if you compare it to Alien, I think it's a much it's a bigger. Uh, and I'm wondering if it's got the green light because of alien success i know it's kind of maybe alien was a slow grower as well perhaps i mean but we always think it's a big blockbuster because of the 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 first sequel aliens um yeah so perhaps we always think it's it was always a big big blockbuster and perhaps it isn't um and the terminator's 84 isn't it so again these little movies i think the problem is uh alien and i think uh the original Terminator, they're, they're not like big, big budgets. Uh, and I think maybe the thing was probably a bigger budget and probably therefore it was seen as a failure because it's a bigger studio movie, perhaps. Perhaps it's mm, gotcha. because of that. Yeah. Uh, whether it wasn't so much the underdog that then became the cult success and the mainstream success with the remake, with the sequels like Alien and um, Terminator is, this is kind of a standalone thing and it kind of... But thankfully... People have discovered it and they've always kind of looked at it fondly, haven't they? Um, yes. And I'm glad it has that uh, that sort of visceral feeling. And the fact that it had a 2011 prequel made, I still can't get my head around that particularly. But I think it's because the, the guys that made that didn't want to make a remake. They went, no, really can't remake no. it. You shouldn't yeah. remake the thing. You shouldn't remake The Exorcist. Um, you shouldn't remake Terminator, really. You can make sequels to it, but not... You shouldn't remake those. Some some movies just shouldn't be remade. Uh, as we, I'm not sure we will cover the Wicker Man at some point, both the sequel and the original. I love the original. The remake is obviously should be burnt. Um, but but oh, also, that's how I feel about Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on exactly. Elm Street. I that's really that. bad example. Yeah, that's really really bad example of a remake. The remake the compl- was the worst piece of shit I have oh, ever seen. I was yeah. angry as a and, yeah. and not even. Uh, a good idea on paper you don't need to remake it it just doesn't need there's some films I find it when we were talking about the crazies last week I actually really loved the remake but and I loved the Amateurville horror remake and but perhaps because I, I don't know the originals so well perhaps when I don't know the originals so, well. mm. so perhaps I'm mm. a bit like mm, maybe I just you know prefer the remakes because I don't know the original source material uh, and I think also with those and I was quite surprised Amateurville horror is as good the second one actually but anyway uh, but hopefully they will never remake the thing. Um, I think there was a TV show that was in talks for a little while and then it was going to be a TV Ooh. show about the prequels and then I think it became the the prequel movie. Um, uh, but lately there's been talk about, uh, I think before 2020, so pa- thank you, Pandemic, um, there was supposed to be a TV version of it. Uh, there's some similar things out there at the moment. There's one called The Rig, isn't there? I've only watched the first episode of The Rig, um, where it's kind of a similar industrial vibe that you're in and there's... You They're know, off somewhere. And, yeah. yeah, okay. So, ah. um, yeah, so I think... Um, and 30 Days of Night has a similar vibe because obviously... But that's ah. a little bit more... Obviously, that's uh the the creatures being vampires um a bit different they're a bit more runny roundy and they're more brazen aren't they in in, in 30 days yeah. of night yeah uh, and that's uh i also quite i think what usually helps as well with this film because it's not they are um civilians but they're kind of a bit more gung-ho civilians they're not like it's not like grandma and you know and the 14 year old 
a boy and a dog <laughs> trying to get, run around escape yeah. the alien it's actually it, it kind of makes it more like a bit a bit like um predator a bit more like predator so you you, yes. you, you can yeah. you can fight back against the um the monsters rather than just be um uh, trying to hide from the monsters i think that's why perhaps yeah. it's a bit more of a boys movie as well because it's a, they feel like they're putting up a fight um but fabulous as always so alison the big question is where in the horror motel would you put it sounds rude just thinking about it would you <laughs> would you put the thing <laughs> Where would I put the thing? Well, oh, in the hotel. All right, in the hotel, I'll tell you where I'd put the thing. Uh, so I I had some, you know, at first I was like, well, where am I going to put the thing? Where I, And I was like, oh, do I put it in the furnace? But I don't want to destroy it. I mean, mm. I, I want it to be around. I mean, it's part of our hotel. So I've decided to put it in our kitchen's uh, walk-in deep freeze. We have a deep freeze in the kitchen, yeah, yeah, where you know we have various what pig carcasses hanging, whatever we're gonna <laughs> yeah, make out of, yes. yeah, you know, we have frozen tofu food, carters, but it's a big yeah, walk-in, <laughs> yeah, exactly for the vegetarians as well. Sorry to upset you all. Um, I do like a little bit of pork belly, but anyway, uh, mm, I have decided that is where I would like to put it is in our kitchen walk-in freezer at the back Perfect. i thought that would be the Perfect. best place to keep the thing that's yeah. right yeah. that's a yeah. great idea keep him frost <laughs> frosty and yeah. frozen at the back yeah that's it uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great i love that that's the perfect place thank you to put the thing so it doesn't scuttle out and you know that yeah turn, turn, try to turn the pig carcass into a pig carcass spider monster and yeah. so it would be a, or a tofu spider monster um which i would love to see that is movie about that i'm waiting for tofu i'm waiting spider for, monster. yeah <laughs> tofu spider monster I'm, tofu spider monster <laughs> pitch that now darling starring Alison june smith and bunny galore coming to the cinema in 2024 <laughs> <laughs> tofu spider monster <laughs> well i love that well my darling uh, uh gorgeous to talk horror with you as always catch us next week on the horror motel or you can find us on patreon as well and for me bunny galore it's a goodbye for now and for me, Alison June Smith, it is a see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>